Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell, and today I have a guest on the show, and I'm so excited that Tanya <laughs> Shaw is here with us. Welcome, Tanya. Hey, thank you. Tanya and I go, we kind of go way back a little bit, like it's way, way back. It's been a while. And uh, I'm going to let her, you introduce yourself in a sec, but for the listeners here, we met years ago in one of my first masterminds, really, and we, at the time, we both had uh, Holistic Health and Performance Studios, bricks and mortar facilities, Tanya still owns one to this day, and uh, we've just been on a long journey of business and friendships <laughs> and health and relationship ups and downs and uh you know just all of the things so it's been really cool to witness each other's journey and uh i appreciate the fact that also we can just kind of pick up always where we leave off you know and be able to have always quality conversations about all the things so uh, I want to introduce her real quick. Tanya is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, which we're going to explain what that is in a few minutes, physiologist <laughs> and high-performance coach. So I love how she uses brain science and nutrition and a lot of other awesome modalities to help people regain their energy, overcome emotional eating, and really just to feel amazing in their bodies. And while I know Tanya works you know, with a lot of women, you also have men that are in your facility and under your coaching umbrella and in your athletic world and all of that. So we are speaking to all of you today as well, especially as we talk about self-sabotaging patterns, getting on and off the roller coaster. Like how do we actually move through life with uh, navigating the different seasons of life instead of getting stuck in one modality and forcing ourselves through. So uh, I think we're going to have a, a great conversation, but Tanya, I want to pass it over to you. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background on you? What brought you to this place? What are you excited about in this season of life? You know, yes, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I want to know, like, what are you excited about right now, personally, and what you're creating? <laughs> well, right now, I just got, it's kind of off topic, um, I got a hammock. <laughs> and I am excited I, about hammocks. Me too. I set it up when I was camping this weekend and I was not actually that excited to get the hammock because I thought it's like one more thing to take care of and I got to figure out where to put it. I love it. I love my mm -hmm. hammock. So that's been, um, <laughs> but I think as, as entrepreneurs and just creators in general, whether you are an entrepreneur, or whatever, we are always growing and pursuing and learning new things. And uh, I know you're, you're like that too. <laughs> there's always, there's really never a dull moment. There's always something that we're, sort of working on or learning about, or there's, there, it's never dull. It's either growth or relaxation and things are always changing and evolving. And a big part, part of me, one of my big focuses right now is the FDN side of things. Mm. And I'll explain more about the, what that is, yeah. but it's, um, you know, when I started my journey with health and wellness back in 2004 is when I graduated university, I loved fitness all through high school and how it made me feel. And love the science side of things and, yeah. you know, chemistry and all that kind of good stuff. So I did a degree in kinesiology and then I started uh, working as a um, kin at a physiotherapy clinic. I started personal training. I started working with uh, young athletes, uh, golfers actually. And I really started to really love the personal training side of things. I loved how people could transform their lives through fitness and through health. Mm -hmm. And along that way, I also started my first diet when I was 21 and you know, mm -hmm. most people start the first diet, they lose the weight. I lost seven or eight mm -hmm. or nine pounds or whatever in a very short amount of time and felt amazing. Yeah. And yeah. most people re rebound and gain all the way back. And I just went right the opposite. I became very obsessive about food mm -hmm. and very 
hypervigilant and, uh, you know, the double workouts and the multiple yeah. weigh-ins a day and all that kind of good stuff. And I, as I developed my personal training practice, I realized, because you work so closely with people, that it wasn't just about the the what to do. Like, we're so good at saying, oh, here's a meal plan. Here's the, yeah. here's the protocol. Yeah. Here's the five-step plan to do this. But there are other things that get in the way. And yeah. there was a big gap between the knowledge of like of what to do and, and the fact that we're actually not, we're not, we're not doing it. And I was yeah. also struggling with myself at the same time, you know, my own self-worth yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. And I want to I wanted to fill the gap. So in 2015, I really dove into the mindset piece when it comes to our behavior changes and sticking with things. And I did that for a while. And in 2020, when COVID happened, and the studio shut down for a few weeks or a few months. Mm-hmm. I took the time there to really develop my online practice. And that took mm-hmm. me a, a, quite, a, quite a ways, but then I also realized that there were so many people who were still not getting results because the protocol wasn't the right one for them. And that's when I really wanted to dive into the FDN side of things where I actually draw back the curtains and look under the covers and see what's actually going on through a, mm-hmm. we look at hormones, um, immune function, digestion, detoxification, energy production, nervous system, oxidative stress to see what's actually getting in the way with you reaching your goals. And mm-hmm. sometimes it is a brain science side of things or mm-hmm. a spiritual um, thing that we ought to, that we got mm-hmm. to overcome. And sometimes it's like, actually I have a gut infection <laughs> or sometimes yeah, exactly. I have this hormone imbalance yeah. that actually needs a bit of support. So there's lots of things that we want to look at there. And so I really do enjoy combining all of it to get to the root cause of why people are struggling and how we can overcome that. Yeah. I love that. I, that is such a good uh, definition and thank you for that. And I love, I wrote that down, that question of we, we get to be asking ourselves like, is this the right protocol for me? I remember for years having you know, best friends come into this studio or a husband and a wife and they would want to do the same diet and like have the same meal plan and whatever. And one person would be getting results and the other person would be so struggling, right? And beating themselves up, looking at their best friend or their husband and going like, well, it's working for him and this isn't working for me. And now we're having this whole story about how we're a failure and, and you know, this, this crazy cycle starts and stops and it's just, all so unnecessary if we can just pull the veil back and realize like was it Hippocrates that said right one person's food is another person's medicine and Mm -hmm. and I think that that's what we get to really and I've had a huge uh a huge couple of years of of really diving into that because you know I got to I'm 47 now I'm going to be 47 next month I'm 46 (laughs) I'm like dude okay my body is not the same even as when I was 40 or 42 you know and so it's a it's a very seasonal kind of day by day relationship and experience of going, what do I need now? And I think that's so important for all of us to recognize whether it's nutrition or anything really, even in our relationships and our habits and the things Mm -hmm. we want. So I love that the FDN gives us an ability to actually look at the science (laughs) of what's actually going on inside before we start just buying a bunch of supplements or doing whatever that, you know, and just guessing, right? Like it's almost like, just like spray and pray, like (laughs) take everything and hope that something works, but never really knowing. So it's a bit more of a, I I think of myself as a, as an FDN, as a health detective, it's really looking at what's going on. And I, like, I love it. I think it's fascinating. The more you learn, the more you realize that there's still more to learn, but the body is just so, so amazing. And what you said there, Christina is really powerful too, that what you, like your protocol that you're going to do now is going to be different from you know last yes. year or next year. Yeah. And it really is important that we, you know, take advice from experts and we learn, you know, what are the best things, but there's so much, especially in this like midlife age, age now, there's a lot of people out there who are coaching for midlife, who are you know, telling you all these things like, you know, must strength train and do eight to 10 rep yeah. max and you yeah. must do sprint training and you must eat like yeah. so many grams of protein yeah. and you must, you know, faster, not fast or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, says who still, like says who, yeah. and there's, yeah. it's wonderful for some people, but I know at my studio, yeah. like I always got caught up for a while of thinking that I always need to lift really heavy and this like eight to 10 rep max kind of thing or 10 rep max. And I'm like, most like people at my studio, we can't do that. Like there's too many yeah. injuries and imbalances yeah. and it's not going to be helpful yeah. for their bodies. 
Yeah, I love it. I, I just saw this. Uh, I saw I was scrolling on social or something. I don't even know how it showed up, but it was a a picture of like a, I think she was probably 18 years old, <laughs> an 18 year old go, girl doing wall Pilates, which I'm all for this. And she had this like totally ripped six pack, and it's like for women in their mid, you know, 40s who want to lose body fat. And I'm like, okay, first of all, this girl could be my daughter. She's never had children. She's never gone through those hormonal cycles. Um, if that was me at 18, maybe that plan might work for me, you know, but it's just so we have to really just take a step back. So it was just, but here, I want to talk about protocols for a second, because here's what I hear all the time. I hear this all the time, even when I'm coaching people, because, you know, high performers and whatever we want to have, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, I got to get back in my morning routine. I got to get back in this. I got to, I got to get back in shape. I got to get back in the gym. I got to get back to that, you know, whatever the thing that worked. And there's just, we're beating ourselves up. Like there's so much self, you know, self beatings that's happening. And I know we've talked about it, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I kind of want to make sure, like, if you remember nothing from today, <laughs> is that, look, like, we, I want to talk about discipline and structure and consistencies, because, y'all, Tanya is probably one of the most consistent and structured people, uh, honestly, I've ever met, and I know to this day you still are, and you still have very similar protocols, but I, what I also love about you is you are also very fluid. You play, you hike, you camp, you go for the walks, you, you can adapt and you, and I know that comes from like probably having that super rigid place, you know, but can we talk a little bit further about, you know, how do we begin to really move out of that place where we're just like so attached and obsessed with these protocols that used to work for us and we're just trying so hard and a, we can't stick to them anymore, first of all. You know, you try for five days and then you fall off the rails again. Or, we're, you know, I see all these guys and God bless them wanting to do this. And I will give Mark a high five. Mark just finished 75 hard. So that was good. <laughs> good but I remember, enough. you know, it was like, at first I was like, oh my gosh, do I need to do that too? Two workouts a day and this and that. And I was like, no, that is not the right thing for me right now. You know, and I'm not knocking that. But how do we begin to move away from that place of just beating ourselves up and being in the pressure into like, okay, how do we move forward to still have consistency and structure, but in a way that actually can also be fluid and opens us up for the results that we want? I don't know if that's too big of a question, but <laughs> well, I think it's very hour, direct. For, for, the, for the next two and a half hours, we'll, we'll break yeah, it down. Yeah, I know, I know. But okay, there, I wrote a couple of notes here. I want to just uh, rehash yeah. back here. One thing you said at the very beginning is how do we get back? How do we get back mm -hmm. to this? And we often think like, I need to get back into my body. I need to get back into where I was. And I keep reminding my clients, we're not, we are, none of us are moving backwards. We are all moving <laughs> forwards. Ball. And so let's just turn that ship around, look forwards yeah. because this is the direction we're heading. And there's this idea yes. we always need to get back. And it's wonderful to know, you know, to learn from your past and know where you have been or what, what, what might've been, you can learn the things that you liked in the past or might've been working for you. Um, the other thing is, this is I got to, like, I, there's all these like yeah. shoulds, I shoulds, I shoulds. And that's a bit of a, you know, that can be helpful sometimes for sure. It's not this all or nothing approach where we yeah. have to do everything we always want to all the time. But we have just questions that sometimes is when we have all these shoulds and why? Yeah. Like, so, and yeah. you guys just said something on our last conversation when you were on my podcast, she was like, well, what do you want? Like, what's the goal? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. quite often we attach ourselves to the protocol, but we forget why we're doing it. And so mm -hmm. because I want more energy, because I want to, um, you know, take care of my overall health, because I want to, well, what, what is the goal? How do you want to feel? What's the outcome? And then from that, we have to keep the goal, the goal, if that's the leading light, but stay flexible mm -hmm. with the path. Because mm -hmm. what I've learned and what's really helped me to move away from the, 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 the hardcore, like always pushing all the time and always, um, you know, doing these things. And especially like I work with a lot of women in midlife through the yeah. menopausal transition yeah. this is where we see it it's like this is where all yeah. the the shit yeah. hits the fan it's like all the yeah. years of, of pushing and now we can't really sustain it or we can't we don't have the hormonal imbalances but you actually see on the the labs the outcome of all of this pushing and it's not mm -hmm. what you want to see it's mm -hmm. unbalanced hormones it's gut dysfunction it's all of these other things and there's so much of a need for us to rest and to create that space and Yes, we can absolutely strength train. Yes, we can go for like do the runs and the hikes and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But we have to look at the overall goal, which for most of us is, I mean, at some 
it, at some point it's to feel good. This is what we want. Yeah. Yeah. And we've just and been, I just, yeah, sorry. Go yes. Ahead. I have to pause because you just said so much. I was like, write that down, write that down, write that down. That's a quotable. We got to keep the goal, the goal, but be flexible with the path. And that is so key. Y'all write that down. Stop, pause, like really think about you know, in, in my world, I guess I always talk about the North Star, like keep that North Star, the North Star. But there's so many ways to get there, right? Like there's so many ways. And um, what you just said about the outcome of all this pushing, it's like we don't see it until we're like in it and it's fully manifested sometimes in that need to rest. Like I remember and it was about the start of COVID, right? When I when we were forced to shut down. So it's like, okay, we couldn't go in and I closed the studio. I'm telling you, I slept for hours every day. And I bet you it was a good twelve to eighteen months, Tanya, of like needing to sleep from nine till nine, you know, nine at night till nine in the morning. I couldn't lift any more weights. My body just could, I was in pain the minute I did it. And it's crazy because we think, oh, I'm going to rest for a week and then I'll be good. You know, I'm going to vacation next week. I'll go to Putagana, I'll do whatever. And then I'm going to come back and hit the weights. And I think what you're talking about here, and that's why I wanted to pause for one brief second, is that, and I, I'm not saying you need to sleep for 18 months, okay? But it is, a, I think it's an adaptive, like, I really, I said this in your last podcast, I don't know if I did or not, but someone I was talking to, if it was you or a client, was like, I wake up when my body's done sleeping now. Like, you know, I wake up when I'm done resting because, and, you know, just changing my lifestyle and my mindset around rest and my belief system around what rest and how essential that is to performance. Like, we always knew that as athletes, but there's still like this old program lingering that's like, yeah, but. You know, like, yeah, but only for half an hour. Yeah, but, and we're resting, but we're not really resting. So I wanted to just pin that because I think that's so important, like how essential that rest is and some of the outcomes of that pushing. And I'd love for you to just even expand on that a little bit, the outcomes, because you said gut dysfunction and hormones, but like, what is it actually physically? Like, what are some of the disease? And I don't want to go into like that rabbit hole too deep, but I think there's a lot of people trying to figure out what's going on with my gut right now? Or what's, you know, this bloating or what's this thing? And just we're sticking band-aids on things. And so for today, it's more awareness, you know, that what are some of those manifestations that like, you know, that all of a sudden we're like, where did this come from? And can we talk about that rest piece for a minute? And then we can carry on with what we were just talking about. For sure. And, and just before I dive into that too, the whole belief system, Christina, that you said is, is really powerful. And we yeah. often have this idea, like, or we have this fear that if I let myself rest, I'll just completely get complacent. I will like turn to a, like a, a mushy blob. I will never get myself up again. And it's not like that. And it really does take a lot of trust. Like I'm actually for myself, like you're right. I, I've always been very structured and very, and, and almost, and, and that's served me, but it's also been a hindrance in some ways mm-hmm. as well because you try to uphold the standard all the time. Mm-hmm. And slowly over the years, my standards have kind of <laughs> declined a lot What more. is your standard it, now? <laughs> it's a lot different. Well, it's even like, and even the, after this past weekend, I had I was away for a few week, a few days mm-hmm. um, out fishing with my family and no cell phone, no nothing up there. So it's so lovely. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time in nature thinking like, I wanna feel like this sense, like when I'm away like that, I feel so calm yes. and so happy. Yes. And I was like, well, why can't I create that feeling throughout my life all the time? Not just when I'm on vacation. And I get there's like not 100% of the time there's going to be you know ups and downs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but what does it and what are the things that get away that take me away from yeah. that feeling? And I've been starting to actually did a big journal entry on that this weekend. I'm like, what are the detractors? Oh. What are the attractors of yes. those feelings? And a big yes. part is like, the shoulds and, and I love I love yeah. slow mornings and yet I have this idea like I'm more um, like my workouts are gonna if they're gonna happen they usually happen in the mornings. <laughs> well, well, six now, but yes. Okay, <laughs> woo, she's progressed, y'all. It used to be five. <laughs> it used to be five, um, but then I'm like, well, do I even like working out? <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> or do I Great do it question. because I think I should? And. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just give myself a break and just, and just mm-hmm. what things do I love doing? I love walking. I love hiking. I love, I even love running in small doses, like five, six kilometers. I love stretching. I love do, and I do like strength training in small doses, but 
it's um anyways back to your edition i'm I'm so glad you brought that up and i know we're bouncing all over but i'm so glad you brought that up i feel like you and i were having a mutual journal entry moment this weekend because (laughs) i went for a trail run this morning too after i journaled about this exact topic and i was on the trail and i was like f this i'm gonna just do one thing a day that feels really good to my body. Like if I, I you know, I kind of trail run for a bit and then I was listening to some worship music and walking and just like being in the sun. And then I was running a bit more and then I was, but it just, it was flow. Like I was just enjoying it. And and then on the way back, I was I looked at the clock and I caught the old program. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, it's 12 o'clock. What have you done with your day? And, and then, you know, the old program was coming up and I was like, whoa, wait a second, hold on. I had a great morning with God. I journaled, I did some studying. I took, I I launched a bunch of arrows. I connected with about 10 or 12 people. I went and did my workout. I went grocery shopping because it's my husband's birthday today. And I'm coming home to record a podcast and have some meetings. And here I was, I caught the old program, right? It's like, you should have been up and had so much more done. And it's just, knowing that, look, that program is still running in the car, like the collective and then there, but it's, it's noticing it more and more and, and really choosing like, what if this gets to be the way I feel? I love what you said about being in nature too. Cause I realized, man, every time I travel and I go away somewhere, I'm like, I'm so much more creative. I know this, right? Like I know this, I'm so much more creative. I'm so much more magnetic. I almost always get a new client coming in and it's like, what am I doing? I'm playing, I'm light, I'm childlike, I'm relaxed, so I'm open and I'm still creating so much. I'm highly productive, but it seems so countercultural because it is, because yeah. it's like, well, you know, you should be home working, you know? So I think that it's important that we deviated into this conversation because this is it folks like where do you feel amazing and most natural and like what if we start giving ourselves permission for more of that i don't know that's what i think you know yeah you're gonna do a cat purring here for a second um you know the whole idea of being productive and, and we both have have uh, learned and i know done, done courses with brendan richard but yeah. he often says that it's life's work, not busy work. And pr- pr- mm. being productive is also about creating feelings, right? It's like, well, I'm producing okay. the feeling of feeling good. And so here, cat, she's got to, I was away for the weekend. So she's like ultra cuddly now, but we have to also, we get to prioritize that. Like I also mm-hmm. often think it's like, well, this is where questions come in are really powerful and, and our own awareness. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's okay we like cats around here we're cat friendly you're, you're gonna hear her purr she's such a loud purr and she's being relentless that she wants to sit in my lap right now so let's let her go uh, she brings me joy. she was on my list of happy common happy creators but we have this idea like you know i should be doing this i should be doing that it's like so what so why so i and yeah. eventually it's like so i can be happy <laughs> like well you know shit, why don't i just be happy now why do we have to keep and this realization, by the way, has come up for me so many times, and I keep going back to these old patterns, and I keep needing yeah. to redirect because there is no place yeah. where these patterns like, will just completely disappear and, and never. Yeah. Um, I do want to quickly, though, I just want to just we, tie back the loop of like what yeah, happens with our to. hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cortisol dysregulation, and what we see typically is our bodies are supposed to be in the state of we call it like balance and resiliency, and we're supposed to have this sort of equilibrium where we're eventually we're, we're, from time to time we go into these high stress situations and that's a good thing right like we're, we're heightened mm-hmm. uh, cortisol elevates it gets us ready to meet the external world you know if mm-hmm. you're going for a, doing some running your cortisol is going to be elevated if you're excited about recording this podcast <laughs> your cortisol is going to yep. be up a little bit it's it's a great thing but then we're supposed to go back to this area of rest and mm-hmm. recovery and that's what's supposed to happen but what tends to happen is in our lives we are going in this higher, like, like this heightened um, state of cortisol activation and cortisol is, is being produced at a higher rate. And we call this the acute phase. And, and for a lot of people, here's the, here's the, the, the thing. We feel great here. We, we off, often, we oh have God. no symptoms. Well, we're running mm-hmm. on adrenaline, right? So we were like, we mm-hmm. can get shit done. We're up, we're early, mm-hmm. we're you know drinking the coffee. Mm-hmm. But what happens underneath and uh, we start to have some, and, and sometimes there are, we might still, still see some uh, symptoms here as well, but for a lot of people, they actually do feel 
feel quite good. But what happens underneath is we have increased blood sugar, um, mm -hmm. increased insulin. We have increased appetite, increased cravings. We have um, increased inflammation in the body. We have lowered uh, thyroid stimulating hormones. The conversion of T4 to T3, and T3 is our active thyroid hormone, that's going to be blocked. We have decreased melatonin, which is, means that we're going to have increased sleep disturbances. We have suppressed bone, uh, bone form formation. We start to have lower mood, uh, less mm -hmm. willpower, less memory, uh, loss of muscle, pat, uh, loss of muscle mass, immune system imbalances. We can start to have decrease of the sex hormones. Um, we also have decreased um, secretion of something called secretory IgA, which is an immune, glob immune, immune globulin. Sorry, that's released from our intestine. Um, that increases the risk for GI infection, uh, things like that too. So we already see that these things are going to happen when we're in this acute phase. But then over time, what happens is that we go into this, we call it the compensatory range. So the compensatory mm -hmm. range, we start to have, um, kind of drops down a little bit. Maybe you have cortisol dysregulation. You might have high cortisol when it's supposed to be low. You might have low cortisol when it's supposed to be high. Mm -hmm. And we often see issues with circadian um, rhythm mm -hmm. uh, disruption. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are kind of wired and tired at nighttime, or you yeah. have a slow start in the morning. We often yeah. see more issues with uh, sex hormones as well. We often see low estrogen, low testosterone in men, higher estrogen. Uh, for mm -hmm. a lot of women, we see high estrogen, low low, low mm -hmm. uh, progesterone. We also see cortisol dominance, and it's we have more cortisol than another hormone called DHEA, which is supposed to uh, counter regulate. Mm -hmm. uh, cortisol. Cortisol is like a more of a catabolic hormone. It actually breaks things down, whereas DHEA is a more of an anabolic hormone and it's supposed to build things up. And we want balance. We never want, it's not like one thing is bad or the, or, or one thing is good. We want that balance. And then over time, um, we get to an exhaustive phase and this is where a lot of people mm -hmm. end up and, mm -hmm. and we have just, we're just feeling depleted. You know, sometimes it's yeah. low blood sugar. Sometimes it's, um, like really a lot more issues with thyroid dysfunction, sugar cravings, you need to eat often. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have um, low, blood, low blood pressure, we have lots of allergies, chemical sensitivities, we're feeling mm -hmm. depressed. Um, mm -hmm. All of these things can happen over time. And then what happens is we rest a little bit, we give ourselves some adaptogens, we kind of you know, yeah. do some great things, and then we feel good again, and then we go back to like doing go all back the things. to the old pattern. And <laughs> so this it's so is important. the merry-go-round, right? <laughs> I know. The, yeah, it's so crazy. And you know, when you were talking about the wired and tired, it, it reminded me of a conversation I was having with a client I was working with. And when we first started working together, she was just like working till like eleven at night, I think. You know, and starting at five in the morning on her computer, working till eleven at night, and she was just so exhausted but she had a lot of energy she was wired at night and after we started working together for a few months even recently we were, we were talking about her energy and i was like how are you doing and she's like well i'm waking up a lot more rested and i i feel really good she's like but this weird thing is happening i can't work at night like i used to i'm now getting tired at like i said well what time do you get tired she's like you know like eight or nine and i was like oh this is a sign that we're getting healthy again but yeah. people like we think there's something wrong why can't i work till midnight where did that go right and uh it's like no these are signs that we're moving in the right direction mm -hmm. right well i think that's why it's so important like the work that you do the work that i do christine is that we and, and even also having community and having you know yeah. other people who are also prioritizing and taking care of themselves because if all you ever know is what you think things should look like or you're role model is that person who is now oh the 5 a.m club well let's do the 3 a.m club because the 5 a.m club is for losers <laughs> like, right? it's just like it just goes and and i'll sleep when i'm dead or you know yeah. all this <laughs> <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger somebody else is sleeping right now you're awake right now working you know it's it's, it's non right so if that's yeah. our if that's our standard if that's what we think we should be doing and then we can't do it or we struggle trying to maintain that it's yeah so it's really important that you have more role, role models and more examples yeah. of people who are valuing yeah play and downtime and understanding what real health actually looks like and what the human body is supposed yeah. to be doing and i think that what you said there is really important is you know i i'm a big believer in really choosing our circle of influencers and 
counsel, whatever the counsel is in your life, you know, whether it's a nutritionist, a personal trainer, a, a mentor, a coach, like anybody that is going to have influence over you and your decisions. It's like, I've always say like, would I want to trade a day of my life for a day of their life? Not that I really want to trade life, but like, is this person living the life in alignment with what I value? Right. Or do I just like their stuff or their, you know, whatever the thing is like, and the reality is that we get to be a lot more aware of, of who those people are. Cause really mm -hmm. a lot of the things we're chasing, like we said earlier, are those feelings of, I just want to be able to relax and go camping with my kids for a few days and not have my phone and not be freaking out that the world is going to collapse or whatever, you know, and, and that's really at the end of the day what we're after. But I want to circle back because when I, I know we're both very holistic in nature, when we work with people and I'm not doing so much of the health stuff and you went deeper into that diagnostic mm -hmm. work, which I think is so cool. And actually, now that you're talking, I'm like, oh, we got to collaborate on something and bring the best of those two worlds in even more. I think that would be cool. But, you know, sometimes we're just, I, I want to say like, we don't have to do it all alone in terms of all of this weight on our shoulders of trying to figure out what's going on and then trying to figure out how to fix it and then trying all these random things that don't work. And sometimes it is mindset. You know, sometimes we get to just shift our mindset and our psychology and our belief structures. And I think we always get to work at all those levels. We get to look at the mindset piece, like what gets to shift mm -hmm. in the mental game, the mental arena, right? Some of those faulty belief structures and the shooting, and we can play with the redirecting of thoughts and and that stuff, which there's so much cool stuff around neuroscience, we can look at the emotional side of this, like what, what emotion am I trying to shove or, you know, satiate. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about that on this show, but sometimes the physical side, you know, we also have to address that the physical side, like, look, is it something going on with your bowels or your gut? Like, or like, you know, I was just, I, I was, and I'm very, I really am a big fan that intuitively our body does know what it wants, but we're so programmed to like overriding mm -hmm. that. But, you know, just getting these tests or getting, you know, looking at what are the physical roots here as well that we can begin to mm -hmm. shift. And if we can start to address it multidimensionally like that, I think it's so important. I'm, so we talked about the physical side, which is don't run back to the old thing and don't do crash diets and 30 day fixes. I mean, a kickstart there and back is good, but I, you know, it, even last week, I heard a couple more people say, you know, I got to drop 10 pounds in X days, so I'm back on the keto thing. And then I got a closet with three different wardrobes in it. And I was like, wow, this is the way that we live, you know, three different wardrobes for three different body shops because we know how to get weight on and get weight off. And, and it's like, are we sticking Band-Aids on things or are we actually mm -hmm. like doing the surgery so that we can have the lasting effect? We talked about the physical stuff a little bit unless there's something else you want to add because i think the modification is once we have awareness of the physicality we can start to go okay what's the supplementation or what's the modified workouts mm -hmm. or what's the nutrition protocol that's right for you not that you have to put your whole family on you know but that's another thing too is like one person's doing it so the whole family has to do it and it's like why you know yeah well you said something like you know you're you're not you're breaking down all this like the thoughts and their beliefs and our yeah. like, the emotional size and the physical size and i do think they all have to be looked at because sometimes yes. we like we, we call it self-sabotage we're like well why can't i stick with it well sometimes we yeah. can't stick with it because the protocol that we're doing is not like really is not in alignment yeah. with what our body needs and or we're just feeling depleted because we're not fueling our body the way our body is meant to be fueled or we're eating foods yeah. that are actually I'm creating more inflammation in our body or we're not getting results because I'm not doing the right thing for myself. Yeah. And so it's really just good to look at all of those things because sometimes too, like, I don't know about you, but I'm going to guess like when we feel good, we're also going to make better, better choices. Totally. Like, you know, you're, when you're totally. calm, when you are, you know, committed, focused on your goals, when you have that bandwidth. And if you don't, if you're not doing the right things physically for your body, then it's really hard to even feel good. And then yeah. you just feel like you, there's all this confusion, like, well, should I, what should I eat? Is dairy good for me? Is gluten good for me? Or yeah. is it bad for me? Or can I eat eggs or coffee? Or now we got to fast and now, well, maybe the carnivore diet and, you know, spinach yeah. has oxalates, so we should <laughs> avoid that. And it's just like, it's yeah, kind of. That was a whole other fad, the carnivore. But, you know, that's true. Like, I, was, I always say fear is a terrible counselor, so never make decisions when you're afraid. But so, like, fatigue is a terrible counselor, too, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we're trying to make decisions when we're exhausted and we're just grasping at something, but, you know, get some rest, get some space, and then get some good, you know, 
other insight <laughs> that can help support you. And sometimes we just need that person in our corner. They can also, I think, call us back to like being more in touch with our body. What's our body also craving and needing and wanting? Cause you know, some of us have never asked ourselves these questions, right? And so I think that yeah. that's, that's really powerful too. I wanna also pivot for a minute because I talk a lot, you know, about the, the mental, the physical, the emotional, but I really believe that there's a spiritual element too. And I'm so mm -hmm. curious because I know recently you've had a bit of a, you know, spiritual, I don't want to call it awakening, but really deepening in your relationship with God and everything. And I'm curious how, how, if at all, that has even shifted the way you look at the body or the way that you look at health, you know, just having more of a faith-based relationship or, you know, looking at it things that way. Cause I know that wasn't so much part of your life before and now it is. And I'm so curious, you know, how has that sh impacted the way you look at the human body or deal with it or anything like that? Anything you want to add around that? Cause I think this is yeah, such an important piece of the conversation. I agree. And you, you cut out for a second there. So I think I caught most of it. So if I didn't catch the whole okay. question, um, ho hopefully I was there too. You know, just recently, actually, so yes, um, last October, I started going to church and it was, a, you know, I've, God's always been a part of my life in, you know, there a little bit, but yeah. I've never con considered myself to be religious or a Christian or, um, yeah, and I've always been wanted to be more spiritual. I knew there's something missing in my life. And yeah, just recently, actually, at uh, Southside Church, there was a, they did a five series five week series on spiritual warfare and yes. that was really interesting and and it was yes. all about this idea like if things should be easy but they're not it's often very spiritual mm -hmm. and it's this idea of like we ha we have all of the the how to's and mm -hmm. you can have the five step plan or the three step process mm -hmm. but often the want to's not there and mm -hmm. so a lot of it is just like, what are the things that are getting in our way here yeah. that are required to make, to make the change. Yeah. And I think depending on, not all my, depending on my client's journey as well, where they're at in mm -hmm. terms of their uh, relationship with God and, or their belief systems. Yeah. But I think it's really important just to like, I think of also taking care of our body. Like this is our, this is our vessel that we were given to experience life. And that's a yeah. pretty amazing gift. And yeah. I think of it that way as too, as something to, to continue to, um, you know, to, to work through. And a big part for me too has been asking, which has been really new mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. is <laughs> Keith always tells me, he's like, God already knows what you want. Just ask for it. <laughs> and I was like, True though. And but like, who teaches us these things, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it is. And just asking for like, you know, even if it's the, the feelings that you're after, like asking mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. you can have the practices, but also mm -hmm. leaning into God to request the things that you want, which is the feelings yeah. that you're after. Yeah. I really want to double tap on that. Cause I think that's so important. I literally was having that conversation with someone else is that sometimes we're praying and we're praying for a thing right? Like I, we're praying for money. Oh, just give me money. Give me money. Cause I need to get over this thing. But really what we're after is peace, right? Or we're praying for the relationship or the, or whatever the thing is, the object, but really what we want is confidence, right? And, and that's the thing is that I think as we get not better, but we mature in this relationship as with any relationship, right? And we get to really explore this side even more. We can begin to say like, you know, give me the confidence. And that's, that's the extension of grace. It's supernatural. Okay. It's, it's like where your confidence ends, my confidence kicks in, you know, and that's why otherwise we don't need God and we don't need the spirit, you know, we can do it on our own. And for me, that's been so powerful in the places where I felt like I'm, I'm weak right now. So my weakness, I need some strength, you know, can I get some strength, right. To get through this, this season, this day, and that was a huge thing that I prayed for when I did have to slow down. I just want to say that because when I slowed down a lot and I recalibrated my entire days and I was like, I'm not starting till noon. Like I, I start my creative stuff in the morning, but I don't take calls or do coaching calls or trainings or any, you know, podcast interviews or anything to like a 12, between 12 and four. That's my time for these things because I really wanted to preserve the mornings and 
I was really unsettled with that in the beginning, right? It was like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and sometimes we're praying like, okay, keep them, keep the cash flow going or keep the <laughs> whatever. But really what you need is the trust. And I had to pray a lot mm -hmm. for trust, uh, trust in the process, trust that I would be provided for, trust that actually this was going to be a better system. And then once you, and I want to tack on to that too, is once we, and I think that's so important that once we ask for it, then we also part of receiving is saying, thank you. Thank you for the trust. <laughs> thank you for the confidence. And then, you know, they always say that faith is in action, right? So then we move confidently in the direction or we move faithfully because we are also believing that we've been given that. And it's funny what happens the minute we start moving confidently or faithfully or a little bit more peacefully through this or calmly through this, we sense we experience more of that feeling that we were after all along and it becomes a manifestation so i think that's so important and i'm glad that you <clears throat> brought that up because it is huge and i'm also glad that you brought up the spiritual warfare thing because i i kind of always say like like uh, you know, just because you're not feeling like working out doesn't mean the devil's after you today, okay? Like, you probably didn't go to bed early last night. You may, you know, whatever the thing is, like, just because you're having a hard workout doesn't mean you're in a spiritual attack. But sometimes we can go through these seasons where it feels like something, something has a hold on us. And we just mm -hmm. can't, no matter what we do through our own way. And it's almost like this thing has a hold on us. And I do believe that that's another place to look for if there's something, especially in the terms of addictions or food addictions or other addictions or mm -hmm. substance addictions or, 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 you know, and again, there's a difference between like mentally feeling low or depressed versus like a depressive spirit over us. Like we get to start to, we can go, we're not going to go deep down that, but um, then there's things to look at there on the spiritual side too. So I'm glad you brought that up. But really circling back is there's a lot of practical, tactical, just like, first of all, let me see what's going on in the physical and let's start shifting there on the mindset and the emotions. But I don't know if you want to add anything to that as we start to wrap, but I wanted to address that because I thought it was so good. We yeah. Kind of went I, I think here. it goes back to that whole, going back to where, the beginning of our conversation, when we were talking about like, how do you want to feel? Yeah. And because you, you said something there too, but we often ask for the thing, thinking that that yeah. thing is going to give us what we the feeling that we're after. And there's that book, um, Danelle, Danelle Laporte, she wrote The Desire Map. And she mm. all talks about the building goals based on feelings because we're, mm. only, we're always after feeling. And in our core is our feeling in some ways your performance like is, is to feel good. And that goes back to you going for your trail in the morning. It's like, well, yeah. but you want to feel good expansive and, and joyful and, and, and good. So that's leading to that feeling. And obviously we all have responsibilities and, and we got to kind of take that into consideration as well. But I think it's really important that we start to get clarity on how we want to feel. And then we start questioning the things that are actually going to give us that feeling because often our brain lies to us too. And the things that we mm -hmm. think are going to bring us happiness don't bring us happiness. Mm -hmm. And we actually feel so I'm not like I don't I feel happy when I'm creative and have space and time yes. and, and I'm on purpose and I'm and I'm connecting with my clients like that that makes me happy I love my hammock as well but my hammock will mm -hmm. be happy for so for so long although right now it's gonna probably make me happy for a little bit longer because it's new and I love it <laughs> that's a really powerful question though when was the last time somebody asked them that like what really makes me happy because I think that, you yeah. know, we're just, there's a part of us that's like, yeah, but I should have want something else or I should want something more. Like, that's not enough, you know, that I, mm -hmm. and uh, totally. that's such a, such a good or thing. Or we have no idea at all because we haven't, yeah. and this, like I said, I work with lots of, I don't say I work mostly with women, but I do work with men too. And yeah. in the FDN space, when I work one-on-one, -on -one, I mean, yeah. it's applicable to everyone and emotional eating and all that. I've worked with enough men and women that I know it, it happens to everyone, like no matter yeah how you're born or, or anything but um i just don't lost my if i show yeah that women and so many women that when the women that i work with are so used to being the mom and then they have the careers and they have they haven't even asked themselves that question they don't even know what makes them happy anymore yeah. and yeah. when when they don't know they they often feel like it's kind of sad but it's yes i, I asked them it's like it's it's like they were telling them it's the it's like rediscovering yourself. It's like being Christine 2.0 mm -hmm. now. We're gonna like you know, create something something new, or what mm -hmm. used to make you happy. But we've been so disconnected because we 
for whatever reason, and sometimes it's cultural, sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's being, uh, you know, there's, it's easier to take care of other people and to, than to look at our own stuff and all that can, that can uh, be a part of it. But we just haven't for so long to ask ourselves, we haven't asked ourselves those yeah. questions. Yeah. It is a sad question. I can't think, I can't remember, you know, the, that's probably the number one question that most people cry when I ask them that because they, they haven't ever given themselves that. And sometimes it's the first time ever that they've actually listened to their own heart or even taken the time to ask that question of their own heart, you know? Yes. Um, so like anyways, I, there's my so, journal entry right there, all my happiness right there. <laughs> like, Okay, real quick before we hop, what was the exercise you did? You, you, your, what, what, what was the, what were the prompts? I'm a big fan of journal prompts. I know you are too. I, well, I just put it on two pages of my journal. I put calm and happy creators and calm and happy detractors. So whatever mm. feeling you're after, I'm like, what are the things that yeah, actually awesome. make me feel calm? And now those are the feelings that I'm after because I, yeah, I. From the outside, for myself personally, like everyone can say, like, oh, you got your stuff together, you're doing this, this, and this. Yeah. But I have a lot of my brain just does not shut off, and I yeah. have I overthink a lot. I I definitely know I can be that kind of like calm on the outside, but worried on the outside, inside, kind yeah. of like mm-hmm. that can happen. So what makes me calm and happy? And then yeah. what are the things that get in the way? And the interesting thing with this exercise actually was the detractors were mostly not having enough time or space. Yeah, same. And um, faulty thinking. Like it yeah. was so much. It wasn't actually what I do. It's not having the not or trying to fit too many things into my the time that I have, or thoughts and perspectives that are not true. That was it. Yeah. Like it was. It's it was really powerful. Simple. It's so simple. And I I mean, you're, I know you journal a lot too. I, all my clients are journal converters because once they start, it's just so powerful because if you think about solving a hard math equation or something like that, you don't just do it in your head. You do it on paper. And same thing when these are tough questions. What makes me happy? What makes me like bring joy in life? (laughs) Write it down. I'm so glad you said it that way because I always say the brain is designed to solve problems. Like just we get to get better at giving our brains better problems to solve because if you ask a dumb question, you're going to get a dumb answer. So if you could going, why am I doing this? What's wrong with me, right? Your brain is going to solve that puzzle and it's going to give you an answer to the, the puzzle you just gave it. And so can we become you know, students and, and a little bit more skilled at asking ourselves better questions? And I... I 100%, you know, I believe in the power of journaling too. And and one of my favorite things to do at the beginning of every journal is to write down some of those self-reflection questions and things that I'm asking myself and, and really build an arsenal because it becomes the most powerful toolbox. And you guys, I mean, back in the day, Tanya and I used to get up at 5 a.m. when we would go on our business trips and our mastermind trips. And we would get up in the dark and go down in the lobby and have our coffee and we would journal. Yeah, do you remember that? And then, then we would get our workout on before the day started. So we are practicing what we're preaching and yes, we practiced it as part of the, we practiced it back then at, at part of the Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod, and then the five o'clock club and yeah. everything else. And we're still journaling today, but it looks different, right? It's like the, the foundational elements are still there and we've cultivated and adjusted and adapted and but we are not fixated to like oh i'm not journaling because i'm not doing the 5 a.m club or i'm not journaling because i'm not doing miracle morning and i think what you said about the math problem is really important like you you would get a piece of paper out now we have chat gdp so (laughs) people don't use that anymore but i mean you can't ask chat gtp these questions about yourself maybe one day and i hope to god that i you know personally i We'll never be using it for that, but I know that that's a whole other topic and a whole other podcast, but that's it. That's it. So as we um, wrap today, how would you, you're also a high performance coach. So I'm curious, what is Tanya's Mm -hmm. definition of high performance in today's world? Because I know we have shifted our definition of that. That's a good question. I haven't thought about that for a while. I think, I mean, Ultimately, whether it's high performance or whatever, but I think it's your own self-satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it is the self is self-confidence in, in yourself yeah. and and feeling content and feeling how you want to feel in life. Like, I think that's amazing. And having the bandwidth to go do the things you want to do. Yeah, 
Yes. I think it's high time we redefine some of these old terms that we've got, you know, like what that means. It's not about being pumping out whatever 20 hours a day. No, whatever, it, so. no but Brendan, like Brendan's definition of high performance was, was the three words, like was joy, confidence, and something else. Yeah. Yeah. Like he fulfillment or something like fulfillment. Yeah. Fulfill, fulfill, yeah. Oh my gosh. Fulfillment. fulfillment. <laughs> I think that was, it was those words. And those, I mean, those make sense too. Like mm-hmm. He was on the right path. So good. It's so personal, right? We can each have mm-hmm. our own definition and that's really it. All right, Tanya. So how can people connect with you if they want to learn more about your work, <laughs> what you're up to? Where yeah, do they I find the, you? Yeah, the best. I mean, my website is tanyashaw.com. My name is spelled with a J, so T-A-N-J-A-S-H-A-W. And I also have a podcast. So if you're listening to a podcast, you probably also you probably listen to podcasts. It's called The Fit and Vibrant You. That's been now eight years <laughs> I've been doing that podcast. Okay, talk about consistency. Y'all, consistency <laughs> and discipline. How many episodes? What number are you at? Do you know? You I know you. I'm at... I have a couple of bonus episodes in there, but about 343. But like, I had a couple of, I think there was like a half a year in there or a year, a year where I did it only once a, once a month and then a half a year where I didn't do it at all. But other than that, it's been weekly episodes because doing once wow. a month just didn't happen. <laughs> like no. it just, it's easier to yeah. do it once a week than it is to do it uh, once a month, I found. It is, it is. Well, Tanya, it was so good to have you here and have this conversation. I'm so glad we're, I always get excited when I jump back into the health conversation because I do love the body. It's such a miraculous thing when we really see how the body's created and we can really work with our bodies and we can stop fighting. We can stop fighting these vessels that God gave us to do life in and like they just really want to support us, and, right? And carry us through life, but we got to stop getting in the way. So yeah. uh, I definitely encourage just, people if you guys want to learn more to reach out to Tanya. Did you want to say one last thing? Yeah, well, uh, what you, I mean, really quick, because what you said there was so helpful and so will change your relationship with yourself is to understand that your body is trying the best your body can yeah. for you. And yeah. because we do get to this point where you have some weight gain or you, or you're tired or your hormones are not functioning properly and you think that your body's fighting you and like, no, like your body's hardwired yeah. for survival. That is it. Yeah. It's like, it's there yeah. to keep you alive. <laughs> and yeah. once it. we understand that we can start to not fight so much anymore and yeah. just start to work, get on the same team because yeah. it's supposed to be that yeah. way. And I'm so glad we ended up there. Stop fighting the one thing that's trying to keep you alive. It's doing its job. So how can you guys learn to work together? And that might be the most powerful thing that you take away from today. All right, you guys, thank you for being here. If you enjoyed this show and you know somebody that needs to hear this message today, go ahead and forward them this this episode. This is how we spread the message. If you haven't already, please uh, subscribe or follow and leave a review. And as always, if you want to dive deeper into any of this work, you can drop below and check out the links in the show notes for a couple different ways that we can support you. So thank you for being here. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.